Yo. What up? I'm the party pooper. Very nice. <laughs> Where, yep, there's Red Five. Yep. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the B-Team Podcast. <laughs> I am not John Macy. I am Josh Krogner, and I am joined tonight by Mr. Justin Ayotte. Hello. And Mr. Brent Perry, whose sign-on name I cannot see. He looks like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. It's... It's what uh, it's what the little kid's uh, dad does as a profession. As a profession, I get it now. I see the GI. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we are here to do a semi tribute show to the late great Ivan Reitman, and uh, we have already done the Ghostbusters movies, and we were trying to find another uh, Reitman movie to do. And we passed over twins in favor of his next Arnold vehicle because we're doing kindergarten well, cop. Well, one of one of three Arnold vehicles. No, that's true. But this was the next one. Oh, oh I can't yeah. wait for it. I can't wait for that Elliot Page reboot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, kindergarten cop 1990. Uh, it is a quirky little movie. It was a critical failure, but a box office sensation. Had a budget of uh, twenty six million, and it went on to explode to two hundred million. So everybody was happy with it after the fact, and I uh, got some quotes and some facts and all sorts of fun stuff. But let's go with the basics. Uh, who is your daddy, and what does he do? How did you first see and or hear of this movie? Well, that's same as a lot of them. It was just VHS in the store. I rented almost everything else that I was allowed to at the time. So that just kind of th- mixed into the pile then. And I've been watching it since. Like, not steady. Like, it's not like a yearly watch or anything. But if it's on or if I fucking, yeah, someone suggests it, I'm, I'm all for it. It's, it's, it was a movie from the 80s when, or, well, 90s, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah. Um, it's it was right before that era of like the MPAA just overrating everything. So like a lot of the jokes aren't treating kids like idiots. A lot of them are, and then a lot of them aren't. It's uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's two different movies for sure. But yeah, yeah, that was that was mine. I found it on VHS, and it just kind of got worked into the rotation from there. All right, uh, Justin, how about you? Yeah, well. Um... You know, once uh, once my mom introduced me to like a bunch of action movies, I mean, she was more of a Mel Gibson fan or whatever. But we started watching like Stallone and Arnold. And uh, once I started watching the Arnold movies, she, you know, found that or whatever at Blockbuster or something. And, you know, we watched that and became a fan. So, OK, okay so mine uh, mine definitely factors into my next mini topic here um you know arnold at the time had only done like r-rated action movies and twins which you know little kids probably wouldn't have seen but of course i saw them so i saw this in theaters this was like the height of popularity for arnold coming out of the 80s going into the 90s you know total recall had just come out and um basically your plot synopsis is you have a 
hard-boiled L.A. detective who is on the trail of a drug dealer and other criminal. Not and, just a detective, uh, though. He's an undercover specialist. Well, yeah, so he goes undercover, and it's supposed to be his partner is going to be a school teacher because they know that the guy's ex-wife and kid escaped to this town of Astoria, Oregon, and uh, they're trying to find him, find the kid, basically, to find the wife, and then use that as leverage to go after the father. And uh, his partner, who, for years, I thought that it was the chick from RoboCop. It's, it's not Nancy Allen. It's uh, Pam Reed. Uh, <laughs> she gets, like, food poisoning, and she's basically written out of the movie. So he, of course, has to fill in as the kindergarten teacher, a.k.a. the kindergarten cop. And it has one of my absolute favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger tropes right off the hop. They give him the most American name they can think of. and it's, John it's, Kimball. It never fits the Arnold accent ever. Like, no. Well, so, well he, is, he is from Austria in this movie, though. Yeah, true. But, but it's still John Kimball. Like, I know. <laughs> how much more American fucking down on the farm can you get? Like, So I would... Uh, Definitely not side with the critics, but I could see why it was looked at as such a risky property. Um, basically, they felt like they didn't know what kind of movie it was and who it was for. And I even have a Roger Ebert quote that uh, it was too serious and grim for kids and it was too cloying and distracting for adults, which I don't agree with, but. You know, kids back then could watch movies like this. And I know a lot of kids my age had seen all the R-rated Arnold stuff at that point and other stuff like it, like RoboCop. Um, I would describe this movie as Mighty Ducks meets Billy Madison crossed with Commando. Yes. Mm, Yeah. Because you have the, you know, adult trying to fit in with the kids and first he's like this you know hard ass and they all hate him and then they they slowly melt his heart and then he becomes one of them but he's also and then, like this and then he super puts badass him... cop with a shotgun and for no reason in the middle he puts him through Austri- austrian fucking boot camp like... <laughs> well so there is actually a reason. um so for the behind the scenes the studio bought the script and they were like okay we want arnold and Arnold said he would only do it if Reitman was directing. So he sent the script to Reitman and Reitman looked at it and he's like, nah, I'm not doing that. And Arnold basically like bullied him into it and the studio just kept harassing him. So he finally relented and said, okay, fine, I'll do it. Um, neither Reitman or Arnold had ever worked with kids before. Not that many, that young and in that much capacity. Um, yeah, the, the closest Arnold, the closest... Arnold was terrified of the kids until he started doing jumping jacks and encouraging them to do them along with him because they basically filmed almost all the movie in the actual school in Astoria and uh, except for stuff they did on a soundstage and the kids like immediately loved him and they pointed out how funny his accent was and all of that ends up making it into the movie most of the most memorable lines were from kids who had never acted before except for like one or two of them Mm -hmm. and um you know, like the the most famous line was completely just an ad lib, and everybody loved it, so they put it in the movie. It's not a tumor. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that at that time, he would have been uh, he still would have been um, Bush's uh, advisor on the 
fitness, right, or whatever, whatever you was mm -hmm. doing there the, the for the administration, the yeah. president, yeah, presidential fitness test. So I mean, he was, you know, kind of had an idea of kids, and at that time, let's see, it, I was three when this movie came out. So when they filmed it, he probably would have already had like two kids out of like the five. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he was used to kids, but I could see him not being used to like, you know, Whoa. 30 kindergartners at once. He, he <laughs> would have so had, had these kids. Two of his official ones, before. and then he would have had the one illegitimate one. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that came all around a little later. But well, yeah. no, he still, it still would have been his. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so, what they did was, you know, Reitman and a lot of the parents in the middle of takes would just kind of walk around the room and like hold up cue cards with lines. Uh, Reitman was writing the lines for the kids the day of shooting. They would kind of like wave at them and distract them because otherwise little kids are going to just stare directly into the camera and smile or cry. And uh, they, they had to basically coach them through that. Uh, the one kid who obviously knew what he was doing was the one who had been in uh, Pet Cemetery, which and, again, and later goes the, on. To bully Michelle Tanner in full hips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, what we like to call a gateway horror movie, especially for, you know, kids who are kids at my age. And, um, you know, that was a, a very intense movie for little kids to see, but everybody my age, we all saw it. So, um, yeah. So. I kind of I kind of wished I had watched the uh, Zoom video that he had done with all the kids grown up. Yeah, so uh, during back in the, 2020 the lockdown last year, yeah. they did a 30 year reunion and it was basically just the kids as grown ups. A lot of them have mm -hmm. gone on to do, you know, small time acting, some TV, some movies. Some and out of no idea he was going to be around and he like bombed in and, you know. He was incredibly gracious. He, he said the whole movie success was due to the kids. Working with mm -hmm. them was great. And uh, recently, you know, after Reitman passed, uh, he came out with like a whole statement on how like Reitman really helped cement his career outside of just action. And uh, he had nothing but good things to say about the guy. And even um, even when he was alive, though, he, he had nothing but great things to say about Ivan Reitman. Whenever they talked mm -hmm. about his career, he'd always look back on Twins, which he's still been trying to get a sequel on. And he wanted Eddie Murphy to be the triplet. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, there, uh, there was a kindergarten cop sequel that was. Yeah, golf, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, one. no, that's um, not. just like we're not going to talk about Jingle All the Way too with Larry the Cable Guy. So exactly. Let's, uh, uh, you know. So, yeah, original consideration <laughs> for the general role. First, they wanted Bill Murray. Then they wanted Patrick Swayze. Uh, somehow, Danny DeVito's name got put in the mix. And I think at that point, they were like, well, if we're going with the twins angle, maybe Arnold's <laughs> the way to go. And if we're going to still go with the twins angle, how about we go with Reitman? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that was all Arnold. Like, yeah, I, I know. I, I know. I'm just saying. Um, apparently I, I saw a rumor, I don't know how much truth is to it, but yeah, around the same time he was offered, uh, stop or my mom will shoot mm -hmm. at the same time as this one. I think it was this one. It might've been twins, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was this one. And yeah, he ended up like not wanting to do either one. But when the studio was like, well, you have to do one because we have to do something to change your image if we want to get into this kind of movie, this kind of, right? <laughs> so he ended up talking Sylvester Stallone into doing Stop or My Mom Will Shoot instead of him because, yeah, he was, and he said it was like the biggest prank that he ever got to pull on anybody because he knew right. the movie was going to be <laughs> a bomb. Like the whole basis of their back and forth feud throughout the 90s, mm -hmm. which of well, course is in the play well, that, in, uh, Last Action Hero. 
Well, that even started in the 80s because I remember watching uh, they did a video together on YouTube. Um, I don't think it was an uh, like an actual like interview like with I, I don't I don't think it was reporter. originally on YouTube, Justin. No, 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 no. They, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was like just them talking um like now like nowadays and he was talking about like back then when he used to like back in the 80s when they uh when he used to like uh whenever he saw him he'd pull like jokes on him or whatever or he'd do shit to make stallone mad and stuff like that so i think it, i think they like i think that was I don't probably know if still, i think that was stallone went to his house or something i don't know it was like something where it was just the two of them in like a backyard or something it was probably yeah. something for one of the Expendables movies. Maybe. First Maybe Expendables, it was, I think it was like promo. Yeah, something like that. And since so, they both live at the same elderly folk, elderly celebrity home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wheeled the bus so out the air two, and shot it. Well, hey, that's a, that's a very the nice board. elderly home, then, if that's where Arnold lives. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like the Betty Ford for old people. Because <laughs> that is a palatial mansion that that guy lives in. So is yeah. <laughs> Uh, so two of the writers on this one did Trading Places, they did Twins, they did Brewster's Millions, and uh, the main writer credited was Murray Salem, who mostly did some really weird, like, 70s sleaze stuff. Um, it was not at all kid-friendly, so pretty much everything he did had to be rewritten, mostly by Reitman, who didn't put his name on it. And uh, unfortunately, Murray Salem would later pass away from AIDS, so... He was not the uh, kid-friendly entertainer that we might think he might have been. So as far as the plot, like I said, you know, Arnold is undercover as the kindergarten teacher. Um, He has to Um, basically learn to relate to the kids while he's pursuing this drug dealer, Colin Chris. The guy guy that plays the bad guy. Yeah. I spent half the movie thinking, should I call him Cal Shilmer or Dirt Russell? I you know always who, thought he was like discount Steven Seagal. You know who I always it's thought he was? Terrible. When when I was a kid, I always thought he was Dean Kane. <laughs> I, could see I that. was like I was like, why is why is Superman the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, I could see that actually. <laughs> yeah. But like he's the most generic like Hollywood face ever. And I don't it, it's weird that like he wasn't in more. I mean, mm. not really when you see how he Yeah, I, I looked him up and he wasn't in like really anything that people would have known him for. Seeing. Like, where did he come from? Was he like a stunt guy or just like a body double or like because I, I think he was a stunt guy. He was trying to expand to larger roles. And then, like, uh, after this, he was back to, you know, creepy guy and bouncer. So that makes sense because, yeah, he's not good at delivery at all. No, he's, he's terrible. Yeah. He's absolutely terrible. Like, it's pretty uh, bad. Like, like 70% of the kids are better actors than that guy was. Right. So the, there's two <laughs> twin brothers that play, you know, his son, Dominic. Mm-hmm. And um, they're they're great. They're probably the best besides the funny kid from uh, Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And um, get the lasers. Yeah, well, so this movie, I feel, especially for little kids, is a great example of how to write a movie in terms of storytelling with setup and payoff. But it's long as shit. It's 111 minutes, mm-hmm. and it has so much meandering crap that could have been cut out, namely the fucking lasers. Well, um, so it... the kid is, is putting up, like, you know, basically fake laser toys to keep away the quote-unquote bad men because he remembers when he was younger, him and his mother had to, like, run away under the cover of darkness because his drug dealer father was, was trying to basically, like, kidnap them. And his gang leader grandma. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> who was in uh, a really bizarre 70s erotic witch horror movie called Baba Yaga. So, of course, mm-hmm. I knew that one. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, they, they have a, a red herring where there's a kid who's like being abused by his father and Arnold goes to intervene and just, like beats the shit out of him. The father, not the kid. And, and the, um, you know, you're, you're led to believe like, oh, that's going to be the kid. And like Arnold is, is overselling it. And then, of course, mm-hmm. it ends up being the other kid who yeah. Arnold has had a romantic interest in the kid's mother the entire movie. And was like, also a teacher at the school. Favorite. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, quirky side characters like the I guess the principal, vice principal and the office secretary. The who is, uh, they don't trust him. And then they the, want to uh, doubt. The people would recognize people would recognize the principal from uh, NCIS. She's she's yeah. uh, what Las Ducky Vegas. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas. No, Ducky was a dude. Oh no, she's the uh, no, she's not not uh, not, the real uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, she but she was uh, she was in uh, yeah Los Angeles. That's what yeah. it was. Um, NCIS Los Angeles with LL and uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, Ducky was the original NCIS. But anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's like two feet tall. She's been in a lot of different <laughs> weird shit, like just as backup character actor. But yeah, she's been yeah. in some stuff. And when he and comes back sure. in, when he comes back in from being the shit out of the uh, the father or whatever, she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, she's like, I can't condone it, but man, would I wish to have done it? And then she does doing like the karate moves on her Karate office. moves, yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some great lines, and you know, there's like I would call little kid jokes, and then there's like some really just you know not adult adult, but like you know serious situations. Like, I mean, at the end, the uh, the drug dealer father comes in to kidnap his kid, and he sets a fire in the library, mm. and uh, the kids who have been practicing their fire drill, or you know, they just run out of the building. Let's like, fire drill, children. And yeah, the building's on fire. What like it? Yeah, the whole yeah. movie gets saved by the power of ferret, which is great. <laughs> yeah, so he, he just like randomly has this ferret with him. And uh, well, no, 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 no. He doesn't randomly have it. No, it's if that's you, set up. If you okay. look, it's set up throughout the movie. He's the kid that's supposed to take the ferret during the fire drill, and they specifically show him getting the ferret every time, especially the last time. He he grabs. Yeah. yeah, he grabs the ferret and he puts it in his shirt, mm-hmm. and they show you they show you that he puts it in his shirt. So it's all kind right. of leading up. Yeah, so, so it's actually payoff. it's actually we pretty well paid ferret. off. Yeah. yeah well, I, I didn't mean ferret. that like in that scene the ferret. I meant the fact that there's a ferret in the movie. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, he yeah, just yeah, randomly yeah. goes out to yell to the kids because <laughs> it was Arnold's ferret. It was John yeah. Campbell's ferret. He has it with him on the plane, and mm-hmm. then he introduces it to the, the kids, and he's like, "This is a ferret." This is my bit. That's after he screams at them and makes them all cry. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. And then he goes out into the the middle of the street and just starts screaming in the middle of the street while he leaves all the kids alone in the classroom. And then he's like, yeah. I, know, I know what'll solve this problem. Ferret. Yeah, let me go get my ferret. Hey kids, look, it's a hamster snake. <laughs> As someone who briefly had ferrets, uh, they are, you know. Very uh, ridiculous creatures. Oh, they're fun. <laughs> I like ferrets, man. Yeah, no, they can be fun. They can also be assholes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I never, uh, had, I never had ferrets, but I had uh, like a hundred hamsters. Uh, my best friend had one for kids, and it used to bite them all the time. 
Yeah, they do that. Well, that's what they do to socialize. Like when they're excited, they give nips. And like yep. it's so he used to bite hard and he didn't realize he was biting hard. So I ended up training it because every time he bit me, I'd bite it. Yep. And and yeah, it mellowed right <laughs> around kids and shit. I was like, wow, that's like the most stoner logic way to fucking fix this problem. <laughs> I I my my dad, if you want a little funny story of my background, uh my dad once told me that uh when I was a little baby, oh well not baby, but like toddler or whatever, um, we had a dog and um he went like one day and grabbed my diaper and he like tugged on it or whatever. And so I turned around and I like bit his paw or something. <laughs> and the, and it never came it never came after my diaper again after that. There you go. Yeah, we had a uh, a male and a female ferret. The female was pretty docile, the male was an asshole. His name was Spaz, my aunt named him. And uh, he used to eat Fruit Loops, so he would eat the blue Fruit Loops, and he would end up crapping blue. It was hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, they they they'll steal things and they'll like run off and hiss and make weird little noises. And they got like raccoon masks. They're they're kind of like mongoose terrorists, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually a pretty apt description. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Wasn't uh, was it the um. Uh, oh no, that was a mole rat. Never mind. I was thinking about Kim Possible, uh, Will Ferrell's Ferrell's character. He had like a thing, but I think that was a mole rat, not a ferret. I wouldn't know that's out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's you guys. You guys on that one. You guys never watched Kim Possible? No. Uh-huh. I have little siblings, so I ended up watching that a lot. But I basically stuck around because I'm like, oh, that's the voice of uh, Eric from Boy Meets World. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, Friedel. Yeah, Friedel. Uh, yeah. Can never. Yeah, can never yeah, pronounce yeah. his last name. Yeah. Um, I'm Batman. So yeah, I, I tried to basically get as many direct quotes from Reitman as I could because you know, especially right now with the way Google is, you just look mm. him up and it's everything about oh he's dead and people are you know attributing mm. him. Yeah. Um, but I did find a couple things from 1990, 1993. And uh, he he really enjoyed making the movie. He hated it while he was doing it because, you know, it was just constant stress and working with the kids and the parents. Um, but he went on record to say, I have an L.A. Times where they said uh, Reitman maintained Arnold was a total pro. He never lost patience with the kids. He would laugh with them, talk them through what went wrong as a big joke. And uh, he would basically stay in character to keep them laughing. And uh, even if they had a good take, he would have them do it again, try to do it a little sillier, and just basically he was playing around like a dad. So they all loved him. I mean, I mean you can see that on that reunion thing they did. Mm. Which is, it's funny, you can do that with Kindergarten Cop, but you're never going to be able to do that with fucking Mighty Ducks. Yeah, no, definitely not. We're going to have one um, of them in an ankle bracelet, one of them's a fucking coked out fucking... <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. What's what's his face there? Oh, what the hell is his name in the movie? Goldberg. Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got himself fucking riddled. Like, yep. Um. Really? Yeah. But yeah, that was the yeah. one stipulation that Arnold had besides Reitman directing. Um, he wanted a full gym with equipment and trainers. But mm. instead of just keeping it to himself, he would open it up and let the kids play in it. So that was cool. <laughs> well, it's all part of the thing about getting kids fit, you know what I mean? And, you know, being interested in like physical fitness and stuff. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, people you think say back, that shit on camera, and then like off camera, he could be like, you know, fuck you, this is my private gym. But no, he, but when when you think well. back to like what his comments were about how he feels when he works out and watches people work out, that gets a little creepy. I mean, well, a I, well, well, I I actually just watched a a video of somebody uh, covering pumping iron, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, even they went over a, a video that I had seen before of him saying that, you know, he basically exaggerated a lot of pumping iron and he just said crazy shit. So that way they would like, you know, have something to watch on the documentary. So he's like, he's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff he's like, I kind of like faked a lot of the things and I just came up with random shit to say. So. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah, one, I, I that think one that's seemed just, a little uh, too enthusiastic, and I think that's just a cover story. I, yeah, I, I think that's down to control after the fact. <laughs> yeah, like, because not a good look. <laughs> hey, well, he can he can get whatever feeling he wants whenever he's doing whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, like his maid. Uh, one thing. <laughs> Brent Perry, everybody. Uh, one thing that I found out in doing research, and I actually didn't know this, um, the school served as the basis of like the whole basically 3D reference model for the school in the first Silent Hill video game, which if you ever played it, it's a really intense horror game. That makes uh, sense. The whole thing takes place in a school. You're, you're, the character's looking well, for his kid. Was it um, Reitman who bought the school after what's-his-name fucking... Yeah, there was there was a whole like thing with a, a school somewhere in the middle of nowhere where like one dude tried to buy it for his production of company. Was it Menachem Golem? Someone. Uh, that I'm not sure. As far but as anyway, I know, they, they, they that a, a real public school. They bought a public. Yeah, well, they bought the school and they converted it to be like basically the school for like every movie or TV show from like the 80s and 90s there for a long stretch. Like, oh, I can't remember oh, well. what the fuck that was. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was that one. But um, so we glossed over most of the lines, and I wanted to save that for basically towards the end uh, because one of the reasons why the movie caught on in popularity about ten years ago, or even a little bit longer now, early two thousands, the start of you know high speed internet, um, newgrounds dot com, which was basically like you know Reddit and YouTube of its day. Um, mostly just stoners fucking around and with early memes, uh, popularized the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard, which basically just Arnold yelling lines from all of his movies, and the majority <laughs> of them came from this movie. Yep. So oh, there's, there's still archives. You know, there's a whole Wikipedia, of course, but like you can go on YouTube and find like I think they played it on like Howard Stern, different night shows, and uh, people would just call and prank call people. With the Arnold sound, but they wouldn't even say a word. And, you know, at the time, like people on the other end of the line would fall for it. And it's Mm -hmm. hilarious. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Howard Howard Stern always has like uh, some kind of Arnold uh, prank call or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think he actually got somebody to do like the voice or something on a prank call um, eventually. But yeah, there's been a lot of them that I've heard that, you know, he had the the soundboard or whatever with like random, random lines from the movies. Mm hmm. Yeah, but that was happening to like local DJs and like shock jocks at like late night and stuff. Like people were just oh yeah 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 yeah. It was literally it was literally the first Rickroll. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I mean, you, you can hit some of the classic lines because I know you wanted to, Brent. 
Well, there's yeah, the Nadatuma, of course. The fucking it's, when is Nadatuma Nadatuma at all? When the the fucking one of my favorite lines isn't even from Arnold. It's from the cop lady that comes fucking. She gets smoked by the fucking grandma's car, and she comes back in with a baseball bat and just clubs the fuck out of her. And she's like, "Not yeah, so tough in a car, so you bitch." Your car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great line. And just the fucking it's, like wild especially eyes like on her, her, yeah, her delivery and how she looks and stuff. That's hilarious. Like she totally matched Arnold fucking delivery method, and like she nailed that. Like. <laughs> And she, and it, sound, course, it sounded like she had uh, like this uh, weird accent too when she did it. It's mm-hmm. like you're not so tough for that chick, ah, are ya? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what she. Yeah, but yeah, she did. Oh fuck! What are some other good lines from it? Well, the uh, inspiration for your your sign-on name tonight. Oh well, um, yeah. You know, as as the years went on and the the weird people decided that you know the movie was uh, not sensitive to the today times uh people of course latched on to a few of those lines from mm-hmm. the kids and uh you know now now they're unironic hate speech and i i just think it's hilarious because people were making that joke in 2013 and now you have people like wanting to get the movie banned mm-hmm. uh, uh, which failed but the the most famous of course would be you know girls have a penis yeah, I said that wrong. Yeah, twenty twenty two, everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. technically, well, you may not have said it wrong. <laughs> That's the times we live in. I don't even know anymore. And then, and then I like, I like O'Hara at the end when, when he says that to her when he, she's doing like the safety thing, and he goes, looks at him and goes, teaches them the basics, huh? Yeah. yeah. The the basics that are now hate speech, but uh, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I think it, it lasted in the pop culture based on, you know, extraneous events. People don't really remember the movie as a whole. They definitely don't remember the laser tower and the uh, the kid getting abused by his father and all that. But you know, there is no bathroom. The they remember the ferret. They remember the lines and they remember the, the fire at the end. Yeah. Most of them don't even remember the ferret. No, everybody remembers yeah. the ferret. I don't know, man. This is my favorite. But yeah, like it's it really is the meme factor that fucking just kept it going for the last ten years at least. Like, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. But um, you know, so obviously, I think we all agree that uh, Ghostbusters is is his most famous. Mm. And um, you know, uh, was both, there any well, other Brightman them, movies you wanted to talk about or? Uh well I mean obviously we already covered uh twins and and junior which is another one that would come out after this that's the third Arnold movie with them um and the that, second that's one the one that sucks yeah and the second one with uh him and you know with the three of them collaborating yep so yeah. but um and then uh he did stripes too right yep. uh he did stripes yep. he did meatballs yeah. He was Animal House. Uh, early movies. He did Cannibal Girls. He was uh, a big part of Animal House, wasn't he? Was he, he didn't him direct it. He didn't direct it. Oh, okay. um, 
And then, um, as far as he did know, a he did a uh, he did a, a Robin Williams movie that I had never heard of. It's like Father's Day or something. I was okay. like, I had never heard of yeah, this movie I've before. Never heard of that one. You know, I remember yeah. that vaguely, but it's yeah, it wasn't and a good then, Robin Williams uh, one. In yeah, the early 2000s, he he tried to do basically like the next Ghostbusters framework uh, with Evolution. Evolution and, was a great uh, movie. I mean, it was not good great, if you were but... stoned. If you watch it now, you, it does not hold up, and it was not Oh, the great. CGI was terrible. Like, well, the CGI the, is terrible, but even just the movie itself. The, like, the it actors had, were, like, pathetic, because it was like David yeah. Duchovny was supposed to be the quarterback, mm-hmm. and it's like, ugh. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he did. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, no, no. I was just, uh, I was looking through his filmography while you guys were talking. He did Dave, which I didn't realize. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have anything else, or that was? <laughs> I think he's gone. I think we lost him. All right, he says. Hold gone. on, hello. Okay. Yeah, sorry. If I'm, I think if I'm on a different screen for too long, it uh, disappears. Um, the other ones I saw around there were uh, Draft Day and um, mm-hmm. No Strings Attached, which I didn't realize he directed those. Yeah, well, okay. those are, yeah. are much later, but yeah. Yeah. But still, like I was like, oh wait, he drafted, drafted. I mean, he uh, <laughs> directed, drafted. And uh, you know, obviously, we know that with the new Ghostbusters, his son is definitely carrying in his father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what comes next from him. And uh, you know, to to Mr. Ivan Reitman, thanks for all the laughs and uh, some quotable things, whether they were intended or not. That will. Uh, probably remain funny for at least another 20 years i think the most ridiculous thing that i found just you know googling and doing basic research you always find like some weird off-brand site and one of them i was trying to find the inspiration for the tumor line because i knew it was an ad lib i just wanted a confirmation and i clicked into something and it had like the whole background behind it and then at the bottom it had a little scale and it said you know how pretentious are you if you drop this line at a party and it rated it two out of seven. So there you go. <laughs> well, have you ever tried to explain the character of Atuma from Marvel Comics to anyone who's not a comic fan? No. Uh, didn't even yeah, know was a character I, called Atuma. Well, Atuma. Yeah, it's a name or a bad guy. Right? Atuma. Yeah, it's the other water guy from the Cabal. He was in yeah. the Avengers cartoon. Well, uh-huh. I had a big fucking poster when I was like, in my 20s on my wall and I, someone asked me who it was and I was like I think that's a Tuma I was like oh no it's not a Tuma and from then on every time I tried to tell someone who a Tuma was <laughs> that was what I got I mean that's pretty funny yeah but yeah try it sometime just be like uh, just a, try, name drop a Tuma and I guarantee you if they're like our age like if you try to bring a Tuma up to Sarah that's the first thing she'll say yeah no, absolutely. it's not a Tuma at all Justin, you know who it is. It's the blue guy. He's got a trident. Uh yeah, probably if I saw him, I'll I'll Google him afterwards because every time you'll you'll see him yeah. and you'll be like, yeah, oh, okay. I've run into this problem a few times. I think the biggest one was back on the Back to the Future one when I kept going back and forth with my notes. For some reason, it like uh, it'll let me talk, and then all of a sudden, it sounds like I got disconnected. But it's just because I've been on the other page too long on my phone. Okay. Gotcha. Weird. So, Weird, uh, man. real quick, we could do what's coming next. Um, 
Next week, we will be doing a roundtable wrap-up on Peacemaker, which uh, Sarah and I have to watch the finale tonight. I think everybody else did. Brand, at some point, you, you got to watch this show. You'll enjoy it. Definitely watch the Stones. Yep. Oh, it's yeah, one, it's hilarious. It's one that everyone, the way they're talking, makes me think that, yeah, I'll check it out sometime. I mean, it's more funny than it is, you know, quote unquote, quality good. Well, but James you'll, Gunn, you'll definitely laugh. With James Gunn, that's kind of what you expect. Yeah. And uh, John Cena, like. One of, uh, one of my sisters hated Suicide Squad. And so uh, I told her, I said, well, since we have the HBO Max, I said, go watch Peacemaker. Your favorite character is in it. And she's like, who's that one? I said, John Cena. She's like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> Um, and then the following week, we are going to be hitting the next in the Lord of the Rings franchise, I guess. We're still in The Hobbit, and that is The Desolation of Smog. Uh, I have seen that one, but I will extricate myself from it. Sarah will be on that. And uh, tomorrow, slash tonight into tomorrow, the uh, long-awaited by no one, Texas Chainsaw, Bulgarian Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, hits Netflix and sounds like an absolute shit hole. Uh, Brendan and I will be covering that, and uh, we're doing a triple threat as long as he watched both the other movies. Uh, we're going to do the Italian Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 Night Killer and the much talked about on this podcast. Sarah hates it. 1982 absolute masterpiece. You don't have to go to Texas for a Chainsaw Massacre. You go to Spain for pieces. And um, after that... Um, well, I know I on the we uh, have... on the Trek side, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Picard Season 1. Um, so if you listen to Away Missions, um, and then also the other guys, not me, but the other guys are going to do uh, Disco, uh, the last two episodes, uh, reviews, because uh, that just started back up since um, Prodigy is over. So if you're looking for the Trek stuff, that's what we got planned for the next couple of days. And eventually we'll get to movies and stuff like that. So there you go. And uh, we checked in with John. You know, he couldn't be on this one. Um, Wanted us to do the heavy lifting. That's fine. He has been trucking through his Amazing Spider-Man reread. And we are coming down to uh, part one of what we believe is going to be a three-parter on the Clone Saga. Uh, this will be the good one because it's the original Clone Saga. Uh, and I'm not sure who's on the panel yet, but it's definitely myself and John. Uh, probably Justin. Brent, if you want, you're welcome. And uh, probably get Brendan in on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read uh, Clone Saga in probably like, I don't know, maybe like 20 years. So Well, you can <laughs> get a jump on it and finish it up yeah. around the same time John does. Yeah, I'm not going to go crazy like John and try to read like 500 issues. I'm going to just read the Clone Saga. Which technically is like 500 exactly. issues. About it, but. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but then we also um, tentatively, we may do uh, Nightmare Alley. Uh, we might do a review of that. Um, but I don't know if John wants to do that. I know he was talking about it earlier, so yeah, we, we can do, do that. that. I mean, I, I and, saw, I've uh, seen the original and the new one, so we can do that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm planning on watching that as part of my uh, trying to watch a, a new movie every day. Like today, I did uh, The Ice Road, 
the fake movie from uh, Daddy's Home 2 with uh, Liam Neeson. It's on Netflix. And uh, we were talking about doing a either an Oscar show or a series of Oscar shows. Um, We'll talk about this year's nominees, but I think we're going to go more into basically just the all-time retrospective, you know, things we like, things we didn't like, what we would have wanted to win. Uh, right now, we're looking just at movies, but it might be big enough that we do one on movies. We do one on actors, actresses, directors. So we'll we'll figure that out, and we'll put something together by mid to late March. And uh, I think we're still planning on doing some of those uh, retro Marvel films, like uh, we were mm-hmm. going to do uh, Fantastic Four, but we put that off a little bit. And uh, we were going to mix that. I know last time John said something about, uh, I don't know if it was on, on the one with us or if it was on one of the Trek ones, uh, but he said maybe uh, putting uh, the Fantastic Four and me going to see No Way Home together or whatever. So, um, but, you know, that's for another show. And uh, I thought about it the other day. I was like, oh, you know what we should have done first? Daredevil. Because the anniversary was on February 14th. Yes. Yeah, so I know you're <laughs> talking about the uh, Ben Affleck yes, movie. Yes. Yeah, Ben Affleck movie. But Sorry for anybody who's confused. I, I do want everybody listening to know that there is a reason I went my ass to a Best Buy about eight years ago and bought all <laughs> the Daredevils and the first season of Jessica Jones because all off. of them are now leaving Netflix. Uh, I don't know uh, month, this month or next month, but well, sure it's the end of this month yet. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like they might be moving to uh, Disney Plus, though. I mean, they they might, but on the off chance they don't, or well, they do and they get horribly yeah. edited for Disney Plus, like things do there. Uh, I encourage everybody with Netflix to watch them. If you haven't, definitely watch them immediately. If you have and you wanted to revisit, now's the time because they ain't yeah. gonna be there in another week or two. Yeah, buckle up, Buckaroo. Watch Jessica Jones season two. There you go. On that note, uh, thank you guys for joining, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys. Catch you on the flippity flip.